Welcome to the Green Schools Futures podcast. Green Schools is a program of Efficiency Nova Scotia, and we do engagements centered around energy efficiency to grades primary to 12 all over our beautiful province of Nova Scotia. With this podcast, we share ideas and inspire change through chatting with students who are doing amazing things to use less energy and taking action to protect the earth. And we also talk to green professionals who are in careers related to energy efficiency. We feel it's very important to hear from these green heroes all around us, and I know you'll enjoy listening to their journeys. For today's episode, I'm so excited and thrilled to be talking to a fellow friend. His name is Liam Cook. All right, so for today's episode, I'm so happy to be interviewing a friend and coworker who you may have heard his voice before. So drum roll, please. It's Liam Cook. Hi, Liam. How's it going, Ruby? How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Beautiful day here in Halifax. I am excited to be talking to you because, you know, I know you, but I feel like the folks out there listening don't really know who Liam Cook is and are going to be so excited to get to know you. So this is exciting. Like you said, it's a beautiful day. So it's an even better day to be recording a podcast today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What are your interests and some hobbies? Who is Liam? Oh, uh, so Liam's a father, a husband, all around, I think, decent human being. Uh, but as far as like the interest side of things go, I uh, love being deep in nature. So whether that's hiking, camping, you name it, just getting out in the woods, uh, thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I almost always have a skateboard under my feet. So if I'm going from point A to point B, uh, there's a good chance I'm getting there by skateboard. And finally, I love to help uh, emerging professionals in our field really connect with industry peers and professionals uh, that are already established within Nova Scotia. So building up that energy efficiency industry and sustainability sector here in Nova Scotia, one of the things I do is volunteer with the Halifax Partnerships Connector Program as one of those connectors to help uh, either new immigrants to Nova Scotia, as well as uh, young individuals coming fresh out of school. So you have worked in energy efficiency for many, many years. How did you get here? Like, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, That's a great question. It's always like, how far do you go back on those things? Thinking of myself as a youthful kid, like I wanted to be a daredevil growing up. Energy efficiency, sustainability uh, wasn't really in the horizon there in elementary, junior high. If I could have been evil Knievel, I would have been jumping school buses on a motorcycle. uh, Me too. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I still have that thrill seeker mentality in me, but uh, I think it's also allowed me to think of like that risk reward aspect uh, of day-to-day business. As far as where my journey actually took me coming out of high school, I was thinking of becoming architecture and doing architecture at Dalhousie University. Somewhere on along the way, someone pointed me to their community design programs, which is more on the policy, larger picture scale look. And that course at the time was only accepting about 50 applicants uh, per year. So I was lucky enough to get into Dalhousie's uh, community design program, got a bachelor's in community design, left university thinking hey, if there's more to this, I'll go get a master's degree. But right now, let me get out into the waters, uh, make sure that this is something that I really want to do and move forward. So I paid my way through university, mostly working hospitality gigs here in Halifax. So I worked up at uh, Citadel Hill as one of the military interpreters. So if you ever drive by and there's someone in a red coat uh, that's standing still for 60 minutes, 
at a time. That used to be me as a high school kid. I actually uh, can't believe you did that. <laughs> I did that job for, yeah, two summers. And it gets really hot when you're wearing 40 pounds of wool. <laughs> Dry. <laughs> when you sweat, it's even more. Uh, but a good excuse to wear a kilt uh, and keep cool that way. Uh, that led into me working in the hotel industry. And so through that, about five years in the hospitality sector, I was able to build up quite a resume of uh, customer service and that customer facing aspect of a career. So when I graduated University Efficiency Nova Scotia was just opening their doors. Uh, I started with Efficiency Nova Scotia in 2011 and spent eight great years there. So if you call Efficiency Nova Scotia today, you talk to an energy solutions advisor that's where I started my role with efficiency. So I was really that voice for the organization for people who didn't know a thing about efficiency Nova Scotia at the time. It was great working that role for about a year, really to hear where the opportunities for improvement in the organization were at the time and what sort of gaps um, the customers were looking for that efficiency didn't really have a role for. So once I was on those phones and understanding where some of the opportunities for Efficiency Nova Scotia to grow were. I pitched programs that would be targeted at affordable multifamily housing, so apartments, condos, buildings, and ways that Efficiency could look for energy savings that way. I spent about five years creating new programs, helping others develop programs, and then managing those programs day to day. So overseeing a list of contractors that would implement that work for us, working with a number of different stakeholders, both owners of apartment buildings, advocates for affordable housing, uh, as well as government contacts. So both the municipality side of things, but mostly the provincial government. And then in my final years with Efficiency Nova Scotia, I transitioned into that government relations and coordinating projects that were solely um, provincially government funded at the time and doing a lot of cool, innovative projects that we would call them pilot projects that had smaller budgets as ideas, which we'd run and see, hey, does this make sense to build out as a larger project itself? So after eight years at Efficiency, jumped over to private sector, and I've been working at Think Well Shift ever since as the director of business development. That's a pretty like awesome little, you know, what do we call it? A uh, uh timeline of yes it's been a fun journey i have been very privileged to start out at an industry that basically in its infancy in nova scotia mm-hmm. and coming straight out of school and getting in at the time i did um just growing exponentially with what i learned on the job but having those opportunities to kind of jump to that next point in my career quite quickly yeah and so you mentioned you're the director of business development at think well shift but what is your role exactly for those who are like what does that do like what do you do yeah so i mean as the little engine that could and a really great uh, small business the role itself is wearing many different hats at any time in the day but when i step back and say okay what am i driving at think well shift what's my purpose here it really comes down to three things it's promoting who our organization is or increasing the number of people who know ThinkWell Shift, what it is we do, and who we work with. It's increasing the value for our clients of what we deliver for them today. And then lastly is basically that conceptualizing uh, new ideas and projects and programs, and then helping launch those, kind of guiding them into the market and seeing if there's a place for them. That's pretty awesome. And so let's look at your day-to-day. What does a day in the life of Liam Cook look like? And I mean from like the minute you wake up till the minute you go to bed. What does that look like? 
Oh, geez. Uh, so normally when I wake up, I am taking care of myself and my little one getting her ready for the day. Most days is a school day. Um, so she's out the door uh, running off to school. She's got school that starts at nine. So uh, my day, if nothing else urgent has come up uh, at the beginning of it, I'm usually starting between 8.30 and 9 o'clock. Showing up uh, at Think Well Shift, we've got a great team huddle that gets everyone in the organization talking with one another. What's on your plate for the day? Who has some support or capacity to be able to help their team members? And who's kind of has a challenge that they're struggling with or this great new idea that they want to share? Um, and having that really set the priorities for the day. There's no one day that's common that's not the next. Uh, I might be doing sales calls. I might be writing proposals. I might just be jumping in and helping on team meetings and guiding some strategic direction with the projects that we deliver today. I think that mostly consists of like the main buckets of what I do, but every now and then something small comes up. Uh, and if it means jumping in to fix a broken Excel spreadsheet, then I'll jump in and do that too. At the end of the day, hey, it's wrapping up, it's making dinner, it's uh, making sure that the little sped, if I can get out skateboarding for the night, great. If not, uh, just any time I can spend with my family and go from there is what I do. Awesome. What's your typical bedtime? I don't have a typical bedtime. <laughs> uh, so most days I'm getting up between six and seven in the morning. Most nights I could be going to bed anywhere between 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. What? Really? 1 yeah, a.m. You're drink. really pushing it. You're really well, pushing I know. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. What would you say is the end goal for you in your career? Like, would you say you're at where you are, where you see yourself in the end, or are you still headed there? Oh, I'm definitely still headed there. Um, so, I mean, if I step back and say what we do for the most part is helping educate people on environmental sustainability. It's getting people to reduce their energy use as much as possible, which makes sense for them. It's having people adopt electrification, getting them to get off of fossil fuels and onto renewable energy sources so that we're not needed uh, in either the community or the roles that we have today. And where do you see Nova Scotia's energy sector and overall sustainability in, let's say, 20 years? Yeah, so if we said... 2040 is the goalpost. What are we going to be looking at? In Nova Scotia, we've got renewable energy targets for 2030 that 80% of our energy would be coming from renewable sources. So between 20 and 30, 2050, we're supposed to get to net zero. So we'll be somewhere in that 80% to 100% renewable energy target in 20 years time. With that in mind, I think our next job uh, would be to get everybody off of fossil fuels. So home heating oil, gas, uh, both gasoline for your vehicles, natural gas, propane, and getting people electrified. Um, when we talk about that much electrification coming onto the, our grid, I think energy efficiency is first and foremost of keeping the cost down, of needing more power supplies, which are going to be the renewable energy um, components of it. And then I think the second piece that I'm really interested in is seeing what that means for demand response. Or when we need electricity, where is it coming from and how are we delivering it um, without turning the lights off on people that need those lights to be on? Then I step back and I think transportation sector would be really cool to see whether or not that's still electric vehicles or if we're starting to make that move over to hydrogen, especially on the long long haul transportation side of things. 
I think that there's some really cool opportunities, both on that decarbonization, getting us to net zero emissions. We've got a building code in 2030, which may be adopted between 2030, 2032 in Nova Scotia, which is going to require all of our buildings to generate as much clean energy as the energy that they consume. And that's going to be, again, heavily focused on making investments in energy efficiency. So in 20 years time, I think, unfortunately, and fortunately, I'm still going to be in this business um, because I think there is a lot of work for us to do. But I think this sector is going to grow and grow and grow and be one of those kind of tsunamis of the sector um, that's really prosperous for a lot of Nova Scotians. And then ideally export that knowledge elsewhere and across Mm -hmm. the globe. And so talking about across the globe, what parts of the world do you think are doing well at maintaining a manageable carbon footprint? I would say the ones that are doing the best, uh, not going to pinpoint any of them, but I would say small island nations that never really had a developed oil and gas sector are the ones that are on that forefront. They're experiencing climate change. They're seeing what needs to happen to adapt to that. But they've also been the ones living most within their means, right? Because you're on an island, you're using um, renewable resources that you have available to you and living within your means on the consumption side of things. Um, I do think Canada is doing its job and has a lot of opportunities to move forward as well. So I don't want to discredit Canada. We, We do have the largest carbon footprint per capita in North America, and we're one of those worst offenders on a per capita emissions rate um, when it comes to nations across the globe. But then I think as a nation that provides us um, with a lot of opportunity to do better, to really utilize those clean energy sources that we have available to us, and we're positioned in a place as a developed nation to make those investments in clean energy, in decarbonization, um, in carbon sequestration, to really reduce our GHG emissions and be a global leader and global player to then take those insights and learnings and lessons and apply them to other uh, nations across the globe. And so you touched on it a little bit, but I was going to ask why you think that they make, what makes them stand out basically? Why are they doing something? What makes them do something different to the rest of the world? I think it's just, you use what's available to you, right? So you look at those resources that you have um, obviously, ThinkWell Shift focuses on resource conservation. As Canadians, I think we take our abundance of resources for granted. And I think when you look at some of those uh, smaller island nations or communities that may be 12,000 people, but they're living within their means, they're, they know that they can see that there's a finite resource to them um, and know that those resources have to be sustainably managed. So I think that's what they're doing. Uh, really well and what really makes them stand out. I agree. And so you really gave us some great information. And always when I want to end our podcast episodes, I love to talk about animals just because I'm an animal lover myself. And so Liam, what is your favorite animal and why? Oh, I think you have to go back to our podcast that's announcing the bursary to figure that one out. I've definitely answered this before. Um, so it's a great podcast. I'll put a plug in for Bright Teachers bursary that we were running with NSCC and uh, NSCC in general. Um, but if you don't have the time or you can't get back there, the dog is my favorite animal. And it's always because if I thought I had to come back in another life as an animal, dogs have it like the cushiest out of all animals. 
a dogs lot of cats. times. I feel like cats are more yeah. pampered than dogs. They might be. <laughs> dogs in the right situation have a pretty, pretty pampered. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Liam, for joining our podcast today. We had a great time talking to you, and I'm sure all the people listening have learned something interesting. And so if you want to learn more about Liam, you guys can find him on LinkedIn, and you can always you know, shoot him a message. He's willing to chat to anyone and everyone about the energy efficiency sector. So thank you. Now that was an exciting episode, if I do say so myself. It's always a pleasure getting to learn a lot from Liam. He is what, what I call a professional in the sector and definitely has a lot to share. And so if you're ever willing to talk to him, just reach out to him and he'll be willing to share some information. Take care now. See you in the next episode.